Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Before we roll the audio on this PFT Live podcast, we want you to know that Mike Florio does an afternoon podcast. Why? To catch all the late-breaking news and developing stories in the NFL, of course. So you got to subscribe to PFT PM as well. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, or Google Play. Search PFT PM and subscribe. Boom. Done. Thanks for the support. Now, stats. another hour of the PFT Live podcast. I think Jimmy deserves a ton of credit for for what he did this year. I think people talk a little bit about how he was coming off an ACL, but I also think that people don't realize that was his first year playing quarterback in this league. Um, you know, he I think he got three games in New England and he got five games with us. Um, this is his first time going through a full season. You know, he had less games than Baker Mayfield going into his second year. And um, to do that with the pressure of also, to me, everyone thinking you've already arrived, and coming off an ACL, I thought there was as much pressure on him at the beginning of the year as anyone I've been around. And he just took it, handled it all year, and got better throughout the year and um, was very impressed with him. That's Kyle Shanahan, 49ers coach at the Scouting Combine, talking about his quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. The show is PFT Live, NBCSN. Hello to our good friends in the UK and in Ireland uh, watching the show, uh, show, the show, the show on Sky Sports. All right, Peter, this is your fault. The fact that we're talking about Tom Brady possibly going to the 49ers, your fault. I tried to light that fuse right after the Super Bowl. It didn't go anywhere. Last week, I thought that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch put it to bed. And then you had to write in your column on Monday that Deion Sanders is talking about the 49ers possibly pursuing Tom Brady. So I dusted off. Tom Curran's in on the act now. The Boston Herald is saying that the 49ers are a legitimate contender. I blame you, but I love every minute of it because I think he should go to the 49ers. Peter, what do you have to say about it? I think he shouldn't go to the 49ers. Now, it'd make a wonderful story. It really would. And it could be that Kyle Shanahan deep down thinks, you know, I'll worry about 2022 and 2022. But give me Brady for the next 32 games and I'll take my chances. We're going to win a Super Bowl. Now, who knows? Maybe he's thinking that. I don't know. I tried to talk to Kyle Shanahan after the season. Uh, He preferred not to. 
That's, I was certainly going to ask him a lot about Garoppolo. I doubt I was going to ask him, so are you going to go after Brady? <laughs> you know, because it just seems totally preposterous that the guy who you went and traded for, manna from heaven, dropped down, uh, and you got Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick, and now you would think about trading him after, by the way, 50 minutes into the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo is 17 out of 20. The last 10 minutes... He's two for 10. He gets two or three passes batted down. He right. doesn't play well. But really, are, you, are, 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 are I mean, are we seriously going to say, let's get rid of Garoppolo for a guy who's won six Super Bowls and who's the most remarkable quarterback in NFL history? But are we really going to say that we should dump the Garoppolo experiment? We've already paid him. Are we going to dump that? And go for the next year, maybe, or two. And just go for it all and then worry about 2022 in 2022. Stop your yes, damn. Mike, I know you like Stop that. Stop your damn you know, head shaking, Mike. You like mayhem. I love you it. Do for not for like, a guy that you know doesn't what, like the move, you're making the case for the move, Peter. I'm not, I'm not making a case for the move. I'm just saying I would not do that at all. I would not do it. I would keep Jimmy Garoppolo in his first full year as a starter. He had a B to B plus year. Okay. And in my opinion, he's got the potential to be one of the best 10 quarterbacks in the league consistently, especially being coached by Kyle Shanahan, who is one of the two or three best offensive minds in football easily. So to me, I don't know why you would give up security at quarterback for the next 10 years for uh, what you hope would be great for the next two. I'm not saying they're not going to do it. Right. I doubt they'll do it, but I just I wouldn't do it. I, I It's risky to me. It makes me think that if the 49ers are thinking this, there might be some Super Bowl bitterness a little bit by the way Jimmy Garoppolo did play. You know, Peter, I'm with you. I wouldn't do it either. I wouldn't. You know, if Kyle and my buddy Kyle Shanahan asked me, I'd say no. Uh, neg negative Ghost Rider. Listen, could you make a case? Is it very close between Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady right now? Do I believe Tom Brady would have played better in the Super Bowl than Jimmy Garoppolo? Okay, yes, I do believe that. I'm not so sure Tom Brady could have done some of the things, though, to get them there that Jimmy Garoppolo made happen during the year. All right, that's the first You mean all thing. those handoffs against the Packers? Well, okay. You mean those? I mean, no, I mean all those third and 16s and those clutch drives at the end of games and the and being the best fourth quarter team in football. That's what I mean, okay? Snarky comment. Now, be, now <laughs> let me finish this. All right? And then the other thing to what Peter is talking about, okay, is – what, there's two things that would scare me if I'm the 49ers and even scare me if I'm Tom Brady. You know, first off, this would be it's going to be the hardest. You heard me say this, Mike. It's going to be the hardest offseason ever in Tom Brady's history if he wants to go to the San Francisco 49ers. It'll be the toughest offseason he's had since his rookie year in the NFL. He is going to have to go live inside the San Francisco facility and learn a new system and a language when he's only known one language his whole 20 years of his NFL life. Added to the fact, this would be my last thing I'll say about it, is that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Peter made the point, this is his first year as a full starter. He's only going to get better. I can promise you Tom Brady is not going to get better. It's going the other way. 
So you have to take that into account too. And yes, there's great risk by, yeah, getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, bringing a polarizing figure like Tom Brady into your locker room, having to deal with the fanfare, the media, all that. He wants things done this way. It could really upset the chemistry of your team, let alone we know how much Jimmy G is loved by his fellow teammates on the team. So I think it is very risky, and I, I'm with Peter on this one. I wouldn't do it. And, and out of the fact, I just want to see Tom Brady back in New England. I don't want to see him in another uniform. I'm sorry, 49er fans or anybody that wishes that, but that's just where I want to see him. I recall the conversation we had after the NFC Championship game and the 49ers players were coming out and defending Jimmy G. Peter King hit the nail on the head by saying, what else are they going to say? They have to rally around their quarterback. They're not going to come out and say, oh, thank God he didn't have to throw the ball all day. And I, I think back to the game against the Vikings, and we were there, Chris. Yes. And you and I both came to the conclusion that Kyle Shanahan got freaked out by Jimmy G having three interceptions that could have been thrown. One was picked off by Eric Kendricks. Two others could have been picked off by Kendricks. And it was after the third one that they went into the run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball mode. And they stayed in that mode for all of the NFC Championship game. Now, I, look, we, we don't know what Kyle Shanahan really thinks about Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he smart enough? Is he adept enough? Can he make the big throw in the big moment? Peter, you mentioned he was a B or a B plus last year over the course of the full season. I don't disagree with that. But with the championship on the line in a pass-fail moment and Emmanuel Sanders, as Bruce Arians would say, wide-ass open going into the end zone, Garoppolo missed him. Tom Brady doesn't miss that throw. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, that's the thing that is haunting me now, yeah. and that's the thing that if Tom Brady wants to play for me, that's how this would get started, I think. Brady makes it known he wants to play for the 49ers. It makes it hard for me, Peter, to say no. If we were going to judge a lot of people on one throw, how about the throw that Tom Brady underthrew to Gronk Thank that you. was intercepted by Chase Blackburn in the Super Bowl? I mean, look, I, 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 there's you. Was the, the game the on the line at that moment? What, what about the? Was the, the game wasn't thing, on the line yeah, at that like moment? Last, it was like the last series of the game. It was like the last or second to last series of the game. But but be that as it may, be that as it may, we're talking about, everybody is talking about, you know, having a 43-year-old quarterback go somewhere for a year or two versus a, or, and who knows, it, maybe it could be four years, but everything would argue against that other than the brain and the, and the whatever, the muscle structure of Tom Brady. But, but my only point about all this is you've got a gift from God in Jimmy Garoppolo, which you've got incredibly cheap. He just had his first year as a starting player, and he played well. He put up 48 points at New Orleans. It's, it's just, you know, it would be one thing if we were talking about Mitchell Trubisky. We're not. We're talking about a guy who had a good year right. who can probably get better and probably will get better and who has 10 or 12 years left to play football. I just I just do not see the logic here 
at all. Yeah, I I think it's risky too. You know, I, I do. And you know, again, how you know with Tom Brady, but he hung in the pocket like Jimmy Garoppolo did when both offensive tackles got hurt for the San Francisco 49ers. Listen, Mike, I know Shanahan changed his game plan calling and things like that in that Vikings game, you know, because he got scared. Listen, I, I think there's moments during the year that the New England Patriots changed the way they were calling the game the games too, because they were like, Man, Tom's not gonna stand in there and make this throw. Tom's not gonna push the ball. He's gonna be conservative here so there's those issues too Brady is not perfect I mean let's not forget his last game he was 20 of 37 you know it wasn't like we're sitting here going oh man he is still dicing him up you know and again I'm not trying to disrespect Tom Brady he's amazing that way and for Tom Brady you know again I think what this does to me more than anything this rumor or this talking point which seems very real like we were talking yesterday there's smoke there's fire like with Brady, of course he wants to go to the 49ers. This confirms this is a legacy move he's looking for. And this confirms to me that it's like, okay, the 49ers are the Titans or is going back to the Patriots. He's only going to go somewhere where he can win a Super Bowl. The 49ers arguably are the best roster and complete most complete team in all of football. So I understand him wanting to go there. But I'm again, I lie with Peter here. I think it's very risky uh, to make that type of move with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who, yeah, is not perfect, but it was the eighth-rated quarterback in football and I think trending upwards as compared to a guy where, yeah, he's a legend and, you know, maybe the greatest of all time. I get that. But he's still 43 and he's going downwards. And that's just the simple facts of the matter. I'm surprised that this issue has been on my radar screen for nearly a month and I haven't pulled up out of curiosity the San Francisco 49ers opponents for 2020 until just now. They play the four teams of the NFC East and the four teams of the AFC East, including at New England, guys. Wow. Uh, I think I'm rooting for it a little bit harder that would be than amazing. I was when the segment began. Right. Here's the thing, though. Okay, let's just, let's just assume – let's assume – that Brady makes it known he wants to play for the 49ers, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch realize we can't say no to this. We don't want to be like the Texans in 2012 who said, no thanks, Peyton, we'll stick with Matt Schaub. What do you do with Garoppolo if it comes to that, Peter? I mean, I would, if I, hey, look, if they really did this, I'd try to trade him back to Belichick and see if we could make that work. The biggest problem with that is, I mean, and, and I think it is a big problem, is that, you know, the New England Patriots basically do not, I, I think they would have to work on the contract in that case. Because the New England Patriots, I mean, I talked about it earlier in the show, and I've, I've written about it two or three times now. In my opinion, the Patriots are going to sit out this dance of, overpaid quarterbacks right and they're going to wake up on may 1st and they're going to see okay who can we get to come in here for one year six million Jameis winston marcus mariota i mean wh whoever is out there there's going to be three or four guys who started in the nfl who are going to be out there who don't have a chair after the music is stopped for musical chairs so it, that that to me is much more of a belichick way now, the thing that would that would be different in this case is that Bill Belichick loves Jimmy Garoppolo, loves him. And so if Bill Belichick loves Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe all bets are off. But I think it would be hard to make work financially in the cap situation the Patriots are in now. Well, it's another fascinating development that we're going to be keeping an eye on over the next two weeks. And two weeks will fly by, and we should know by then, at least have a feel by then, 
where Brady is leaning toward going. We'll know whether or not he's going to go back to New England within the next two weeks. And uh, does he end up in San Francisco, given that the 49ers play at the Patriots this year? My goodness, that will be something. Uh, All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, it was something else for the Ravens to find out that uh, they weren't ready to win on the opening night of their postseason when they lost to the Titans. Lamar Jackson says he's still puzzled by the loss. We'll try to solve that puzzle for him when PFT Live continues right after this. Nearly two months removed from a stunning divisional round loss to the Tennessee Titans at home. The best team in the NFL, at least in the regular season. Baltimore Ravens still searching for answers as to what happened. Lamar Jackson appearing on Sirius XM NFL Radio with Alex Marvez and Gil Brandt over the weekend said, I'm still puzzled. Looking at the highlights and stuff, we just got to elevate at some point in the game. I don't feel like we did that, even though we scored one in the third quarter or something. But it was like, when we scored, we didn't get excited. It was already like we lost. We can't do that anymore. That's what I've seen, including myself. Look, this one is simple. I got the answer for you, Lamar. I hope you're watching the show this morning. I hope you watch it every morning. We see this from time to time, where that one seed gets the week off, the sixth seed, in this case, the Titans, buoyed by the fact that they went on the road and won in the wild card round. Right. They're loose. They're not expected to win. And they show up and they catch you with a jab in the mouth early. And you never get right again. Right. And the whole time you're thinking, this can't happen. This can't happen. We're the one seed. We're the one seed. And the next thing you know, you're out. It's that simple. That's what happened. Oh, and they couldn't stop Derrick Henry, Chris. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. You know, you, and you made all the uh, good points. You're right. I mean, there's a team that, you know, was already in battle mode, right? The Tennessee Titans having to go up in New England and win that game. They had a win in week 17 on the road in Houston. So, and then there was the Baltimore Ravens who had been, you know, sipping pina coladas for three or four weeks before they went, oh gosh, we got to get back in a battle. And you're right. So they lack that energy, that battle tested, you know, mantra. And then, hey, when you make the mistakes you make, you know, again, the game wasn't that like uh, unevenly played. There was plenty of chances for Baltimore to get back in the game, you know, whether it was the interception early on, which of course set, you know, the Tennessee Titans up for a score early. But then I also thought, you know, I, I will say this, and I love John Harbaugh. You know this. Love John, really dislike Jim, okay? But love John. And John, John, I do think, panicked a little bit in the game with some of the fourth down, you know, going for it there. So uh, so that that's where I, you know, that's my take on the game. <laughs> Look, Peter, the real reason, Mike, you hit you hit on part of it. But to me, I will always think football is a sport where you can't take all this time off and then come out and play your best game of the year and play your best game of the year. Yeah. So Lamar Jackson takes a seat. He's kind of beat up a little bit. He takes a seat in week 17. You know, so he doesn't play there. And then he has to come out after that. And he gets a bye. Okay. So there's two weeks where he hasn't played football at all. I think it's 19 days where he goes out other than never getting touched, never playing football in any meaningful circumstance. Just go back and look at how many times in NFL history that that has really messed with a great team. Yeah. You know, it happened, and Tony Dungy still insists that he's right to to, to do this. And you know what? Look, Tony Dungy is 84 times smarter than I am about this game. But I will just never agree with that. Sorry, I just won't agree. If the guy's hurt, sit him. 
If he's not hurt, you've got to play him some, okay? And that's where, to me, I think the Baltimore Ravens made a serious mistake. Now, I will just say this. The Ravens are the most, probably the most advanced team in the NFL in analytics. Eric DaCosta, the new general manager, has put a lot of emphasis on analytics right now. And I'll bet you a lot of money that one of those young 23-year-old football nerds is doing some studying on whether it's smart to rest people for 19 days before you play your most important game of the year. Well, we have a new data point, Peter, for the next time someone does that study. And the data point is you lose. That's the data point. Look, I talked to John Harbaugh immediately after the game that clinched the one seed and they had to decide what they were going to do week 17. He told me, I'm going to meet with the team's leadership council tomorrow. And we're going to make a decision. And I thought, man, he's really going to do it. He's going to play the guys. I mean, we saw a coach who in 2019 refused to reside within his fears. He went for it all the time. He didn't go for it in that game in Week 17. I think it may have been the calf injury to Mark Ingram that may have freaked him out a little bit, Chris, that may have caused him to be cautious. But, yeah, you can't let your guys get rusty. It contributes to this formula that results in the quick left jab, like the one that Tyson Fury gave to Deontay Wilder. It wasn't the busted eardrum that ended it for Wilder. It was that first pop that knocked him silly, that made him realize all that swagger that you got means absolutely nothing. That's what happened to the Ravens, and being off for three weeks for their key players, that contributed to it as well. Yeah, definitely. You're right. And a number of players banged up, and I get that, and I understand trying to rest your players to a degree. But, you know, the one thing we've seen from New England through their 20 years of dominance is we have not seen that, right? I mean, to Peter's point, you know, whether they've had home field locked up or a one or a two seed locked up, the one thing they've always done is play Week 17 football. Because, you know, I think to what both of you are saying, you know, they're going to continue to work and get better. It's just too hard to take a few weeks off in the NFL and then play some team like the Tennessee Titans this year who were continually getting better week by week at the end of the season and then think you're going to just match up and get to your pinnacle. Yeah, Baltimore plateaued at the wrong time of the year, and I don't think they handled that game the right way and maybe the whole situation the right way. Excellent point, though. The Patriots always play through Week 17. Maybe some of these other teams that want to be the Patriots should do the same thing. We'll be right back. I'm very blessed. I don't know what the future looks like, so I'm not going to predict it. Shoot, I I couldn't try it any harder. You know, I had a chance to talk to Cam yesterday, and I have the utmost respect for for him and what he's done. We can win with this one. We can win. We can definitely win with another one too. Because we're going to have a defense. What's going to be better, like signing a new contract or not having to answer questions about getting a new contract? Which will actually be better? That's tough. Uh, Probably signing. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. To some of the faces and voices of quarterback free agency and this year, for the first time really in almost three full decades of free agency, the pool is full of free agent quarterbacks, recognizable names. We're drafting today our free agent quarterback wish list, our best guys. We got three guys, three rounds. Peter gets a trivia question. If he gets it right, he gets a first pick. If he gets it wrong... Sims gets a first pick. Either way, I'm going to sit here and wait for pick number three. All right, Peter, we've talked a lot about Tom Brady possibly going to the 49ers. We know TB12, he wears number 12. If he signed with the 49ers, he couldn't wear number 12 without getting some sort of permission because that number has been retired. So for the first pick in the draft, 
Tell me who it was retired for and which quarterback was allowed to briefly wear it during a short stint with the 49ers within the past 20 years. Uh, was it Y.A. Tittle? Oh, man. I thought you'd get that. John Brody. I knew John that Brody. one. Yeah, John Brody. Oh, John, John Brody. Brody. Yeah, that's right. I added the extra who, who part because I thought it was then? too easy. Trent Dilfer who was allowed to back? wear it temporarily. Trent oh, Dilfer. Okay. Wow. If Trent Dilfer gets yeah. to wear it, See, Tom Brady gets to I'm wear it. I'm terrible at these things. I, I'm, <laughs> All right, I'm Chris. terrible at these things. I, I just You're up first. Yeah, go ahead. Yep, yep. You're just, you know, you're choking the big moments, Peter. Why okay. a tittle? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Well, I got to go with Dak Prescott. That's going to be my first pick. I mean, Dak Prescott to me, you know, again, we totally expect him to be back with the Dallas Cowboys and franchise and they'll figure out a deal, but he's the number one player uh, on the quarterback market for me. You know, again, wh- wh- the first thing that's so impressive about Dak Prescott, yes, he's got talent, but two, he's just starting to hit like the very peak of his career and he's playing really good football. You've seen what he can do with a little weapons and a system around him. He had d- definitely his best year last year. It's become his offense. He's the go-to guy. It's not Ezekiel Elliott anymore. Uh, and he's got a long career ahead of him. And that's why I go Dak Prescott one. You know, I'm going to take Drew Brees. Um, I mean, here's a guy who his last two years, both years, has completed 74% of his throws, even coming back from his hand injury last year. And to me, I think you look for a guy, and I think it's tempting right here to say Brady to try to win this year. But to me, I look at Drew Brees, I don't even think of him as a free agent because I just assume that he's going to get something done with the Saints at some point. But when I looked at the list... And because t- technically, obviously, he is a free agent. I-, I don't know how you wouldn't take Breeze right here, especially to try to win now. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with Tom Brady, and I'm going to do something that NFL owners will never do. I'm going to admit that it is a business, the goal of which is to make as much money as you possibly can. And part of the effort to make as much money as you can is to say, we just want to win the Super Bowl every year that we can. All right, we got plenty more years to win the Super Bowl. I got plenty more chances to try to put together a championship team. I want Tom Brady because Tom Brady is going to put butts in seats. Tom Brady is going to raise the profile of my team. Tom Brady is going to get people to show up late in the season when they otherwise would stay home. Even though they bought the tickets, I want them to come buy the overpriced beer and hot dogs and popcorn. And the new TB12 jersey, whichever colors and logos it bears, will be the highest-selling jersey in the history of football. So you put that on top of the fact that the guy's got six Super Bowl wins on top of the fact that he brings with him a standard of excellence that will inspire others. And it was amazing, Peter, last week when we were interviewing prospects at the Combine and we asked them, which guy would freak you out the most when you get on an NFL field? Who's that guy that you're going to say, oh my God, I can't believe I'm on the same field with him. Like 90% of them said Tom Brady. This is the guy I want in my locker room. This is the guy whose jersey I want on my rack. This is the guy who I want making me a ton of money and winning me football games. That's the first pick in the draft, Tom Brady. Oh, gosh. You guys are just giving me – I mean, this is great. I mean, you guys you guys stay with your old guys. Go ahead. Go stay ahead. With your Take old Johnny men. ACL. I mean, Go ahead. Take Johnny ACL. Oh, okay. Your guy tore his ACL, too. My guy tore it once, too. All right? So, either way, I know my guy beat your guy in the playoffs this year, and that's why I'm going Ryan Tannehill. Your you guy, guy had Derrick Henry. 
Henry. You guys stay with the old man crew, okay? You know, you guys can like wheel them down in their wheelchairs. Hey, the why do, field why do you think the why do you th- then why haven't the Titans signed the guy? Why do you think they're waiting for Tom Brady if Ryan Tannehill's that I great? I mean, you don't know that. You don't know that what they're doing right now. I mean, we don't know that, and we'll see about Tom Brady. Go ahead, sign Tom Brady. I don't think he can make some of the plays that Ryan Tannehill made last year. I don't. You know, so that's where I look at it. And yeah, Ryan Tannehill does have a little injury history. I get it. But I also know he did a lot of good things with a Miami team that was really not that good. I mean, they weren't good. I mean, there's nothing. And he made them somewhat competitive that way. You know, and here he is. He got to a team with a running game and an offensive line. And, I mean, no marquee receivers. And how many weeks in a row did we show just highlights, Mike, of him making unbelievable throws into tight coverage and doing those type of things? So, again, as much as I love Brady and Breeze, I'd rather have Dak Prescott and Ryan Tannehill right now. I would. I think they could do more with less, and that's, that's big for me in a lot of ways. And um, I, that, that's it. Go ahead, Peter. Guy with the biggest upside on this list is Taysom Hill, and I'm taking him before Mike Florio takes him. Oh, good one. Because wow, good. I'm good. I know. Good, because I can't take any more. I can't take any more of the heat. Look, I think Taysom Hill is going to be a franchise quarterback. It's amazing how many people out there believe the exact opposite. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Peter. Hey, look, here's the way I look at this. This has nothing to do with what really any of us think, Okay. All I know is that Sean Payton, who let's let's name the best offensive play designers, play callers, and head coaches who are, are of an offensive bent, okay, right now in the NFL. And to me, my two would be Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan. And all I know is that Sean Payton has brought a guy onto his team not really knowing what to expect. And in the span of a little less than three years, he has come to the conclusion that when Drew Brees retires after this year, I'm going to give this job to Taysom Hill. So I'm not doing this because I saw him play great in a playoff game against the Vikings and he blocked a kick against the Ravens and he did all these things. I'm doing this because one of the smartest guys in this century about offensive football is going to hand the reins to his team to this guy in 2021. So I'll take Taysom Hill. All right. I agree with you on all counts. And you're right. When Taysom Hill is the quarterback, full-time basis of the New Orleans Saints, he's going to be, I believe, spectacular. Sean Payton has compared him to Steve Young. Sean Payton does not traffic in that kind of hyperbole. Jameis Winston is my next selection. And this one's easy for me. And look, I, Peter, you wouldn't have taken him if I the draft had pick. 10 rounds. 5,109 no, no, passing I, no, yards. No, he was going to oh, be my oh. next pick. He was going to be my next pick. 5,109 passing yards, eighth all-time, and I know he had 30 interceptions, but go back and look at what some quarterbacks have done in their first year with Bruce Arians. Carson Palmer had 20-plus interceptions. Peyton Manning, in his rookie year with Bruce Arians as his quarterback's coach, set the record single season for rookie interceptions. So the upside is there. The downside you have to work on, and uh, you give me... Pick number six, and you take the other five off the board, and I'm taking Jameis Winston, and I may have taken him higher than one of those two other guys just because I know what the upside can be. 
and uh, and and I'd be confident. And every coach is confident he's going to be the one who can fix a guy's problems. I'd rather have the greatness and deal with the problems than have no problems but a ceiling that is is much lower. I, I Chris, un- round three. I understand that. I get that. I mean, I I, I probably would have took James. I didn't think you were going to take James Winston there. I was probably going to take him too. I mean, you're right. There's 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 some greatness there to build on. You know, and again, uh, you know, I don't know. <clears throat> the, the risk is certainly real. We do know that. I mean, the damn guy. No risk it, no biscuit. Yeah. No well, risk it, no biscuit. Yeah, well, they got no biscuit this year. So Bruce is a little light, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he got no biscuit at all. Uh, and so he's scary, but his upside to what you're saying, Mike, is phenomenal. I'm not so sure where the hell I want to go here. All right? And, you know, to me, it's between Rivers and Bridgewater. I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers, even though he kind of scares the death, to, scares the hell out of me a little. And, and really, between Rivers and Bridgewater, I feel like you have two opposite ends of the spectrum there. You know, Rivers can win you games. He can. Now, he can also lose them. Bridgewater is not going to win you any games, but he's not going to lose you any games either. And I don't know if I necessarily love that either. I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers and just the experience and all of that and the fact that he has that experience that he can dial down some of the dumbness of the interceptions he had last year. You know, really, hey, two out of the last three years, this is, you know, Phillip Rivers has been dancing around, you know, Jameis Winstonville a lot where it just big moments, end of games. It is just an interception waiting to happen other than that 12-4 and four year we saw two seasons ago. So he scares me, but I do think there's some good play left in his game, and he has a lot of experience, and I do like the fact that he's you know, not overly conservative. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Teddy Bridgewater here, uh, and I can't believe that a guy who – uh, a respected veteran who, in relief this year, went five and zero, yeah. and is hitting the market. I, I can't believe he's the eighth out of nine guys. That just that goes to, you know, the whole point that this is a totally unprecedented year in, uh, you know, in free agent quarterbacks. But I am going to use my time to talk about Jameis Winston because Mike Florio talks about Jameis Winston like he is Johnny Unitas. I made a few mistakes, but he's going to win multiple championships or whatever. I just want to remind you something, Mike. Okay, you live in the state of West Virginia. If you lived on the west coast of Florida right now, you would not have the feeling that you have. And I'll tell you why. Because in the last two games of the year this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were 7-7. Seven and seven, All arrows pointing up for the Bucs. Everything looking great. In the last two weeks of the year... Jameis Winston threw four interceptions against Houston to personally lose the game. And then in the next week, on the first play of overtime against the Atlanta Falcons, he threw an interception to a lurking linebacker, Deion Jones, right next to Cameron Brait, and he returned it for a touchdown on the first play of overtime. So it's all well and good to keep trotting out the 5,109 yards, which you do every 10 minutes. (laughs) However, it's about playing football. And 30 interceptions is hugely more significant than 5,109 yards. He's, he had a broken thumb that he played with most of the year. He had a meniscus tear that's been repaired. And he's had LASIK surgery, baby. So problem solved. No more interceptions. Wait. The best of Jameis Winston yet to come. 
Let me get my pick in. We're oh, over time. Oh, sorry, We're over. I forgot. We're over. I, I got to get my pick in. All right, I forgot. I got Case Keenum. Yeah. I got Case Keenum. I see Marcus Mariota's name lurking around down here. No. Case Keenum, baby. I've seen the best of him with Minnesota in 2017. And you take these other eight guys off. Give me Case Keenum. Put him in a position like behind Mitchell Trubisky, right? Make him this year's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, sure. He's just there and he's ready. Right. And if the starter stinks, yank him and put in Case Keenum because you put him in the right setting and you use him the right way. And I think he can be very good. Let's take a break. When we return, let's go back to rookie quarterbacks. Joe Burrow was compared to one of these free agents we just discussed, and he didn't really like it. By the way, all three of Peter's picks were members of the Saints in 2019, Breeze Hill and Bridgewater. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Punch his right foot there. You got him! You got him! Peter. I got it! I got it! I got it! You have the skinniest legs in the league? I got it! I got it! You guys get up for hard! Ooh, that looks awesome. That is Wired Stadium Series. It's on at midnight tonight after a couple of hockey games. Flyers, Capitals, Ducks, Avalanche on NBCSN. And let me tell you, watch the show tonight. DVR it. Stay up late. Whatever you want to do. Anytime you get a chance to hear hockey players wired, take it, guys. Because, number one, there's a lot of profanity. So, Chris, you would like that. I know that. But there, I mean, one of the predominant themes is they're inviting each other to fight. Hey, you want to go? You want to go? Let's go. You want to go? Oh, it's great. It's, it's, it is the best of any sport. Hockey players wired up is the best. The absolute best. All right. Uh, a guy who's going to be wired up in the NFL, eventually, Joe Burrow. He'll be playing for the Bengals or someone else. He was on NFL Network, and he was asked about similarities to Tom Brady, and and he was very blunt and candid, and I like it. Don't compare me to Tom Brady. Don't compare me to the best player of all time. And, you know, one thing I've sensed, Peter, in talking to some of these guys, these younger guys, they don't want to be compared to anybody. They want to be the one to whom others eventually are compared, and, and I like that attitude. It's not an insult to say, who are you like right now in the NFL? And for people to say, for instance, oh, well, you can't compare this guy to that guy. Well... You're a right-handed quarterback who plays in the National Football League, and they're saying great things about you. Yes, you can compare you to other right-handed quarterbacks who play in the National Football League. And so to me, I think we've gone a little bit nutty with, oh, you can't compare this guy to that guy. Yes, you can. Watch me. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about from the perspective of the guy. The guy doesn't want to be compared to someone else. He wants to be himself. Right. Yeah, and well, I like that. I do like that too. It, well, seems, it okay. seems to be like I, I don't know if somebody if somebody said to me when I was walking into the NFL and I was a quarterback, "Hey, you got some traits like Tom Brady. You kind of remind me of Tom Brady." I would say, "Oh, uh, are you kidding me? I, that is that's unbelievable." Well, thank you, thank you. I mean, and I don't know what the context was. I didn't hear it. But I don't know. Sometimes, look, the offseason is too long. And we talk about some of the craziest crap in NFL history in the offseason. And so, you know, to me, I just can't get too fired up about what Joe Burrow thinks about being compared to Tom Brady. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, first off, this is a kid that has shown to say all the right things and be very humble and hardworking. I mean, he's perfect that way. And are the comparisons to Tom Brady? Like, I'm with you, Peter. I, yeah, I can compare you a little bit. I'm not saying you're going to be Tom Brady or anything like that. All right. We know Brady's been special, but the way Burrow plays, the decision-making, the throwing, it's all really good. I would argue that he's a, a much better athlete than Tom Brady. 
I don't know if his arm is as strong as Brady. Brady's arm strength is one of those things that's very underrated in the the realm of history. It's a great arm. It really is. Uh, so I but but I also do respect, you know, to like, like what you're saying, Mike. This millennial group, this crowd, they are very like, hey, I want to be, you know, I want to be next. I want to be the next guy. And you want to temper expectations a little bit. You know, when people constantly say, oh, you're like Tom Brady, oh, you're like Tom Brady, then you go to Cincinnati and people expect Tom Brady results right away too, and that's not fair. It's not fair to do a young kid who's being thrusted into a new environment with a team that's rebuilding, and I think that's probably where he's a little cautious about it. Here's one area where you can't compare Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. Joe Burrow, incredibly accomplished as a college football player, 15-0, Heisman Trophy, presumptive number one overall pick. Tom Brady was a guy who basically plunged down the board and uh, fueled by a poor combine performance and that that picture that will be the stuff of legend of him standing there looking like he rolled out of bed at 3 a.m. to go pee. Uh, you know, nobody thought he was going to be any good. Well, so and- that's definitely an area, definitely an area, well, Peter, where you can't compare the two. Well, well, let me just intervene real quick. The one thing that I think is interesting about what you just said there, too, both guys got caught up in the politics of college football. You know, Tom Brady, he was playing well, but Drew Henson was a Michigan legend, so everybody wanted to see him. Joe Burrow, the job was his at Ohio State. Anybody you talk to that knows anything about the situation, Dwayne Haskin was tied into a guy that Ohio State, you know, wanted to keep a good relationship with and recruiting and things like that, and that's ultimately what led Joe Burrow to got hurt and leave town. So I find that intriguing too. Sorry to cut you off, Peter. No, that was good. I, I Listen, I think Burrow's going to be really, really good. And I just think sometimes we get involved <clears throat> in these discussions that don't really mean much. That's it. We'll be back with more discussions that don't mean much tomorrow. Everybody have a great Wednesday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.